Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, it's Simon here again from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Ashley Berghoff, hopefully I've pronounced that correctly, uh, MBA. Uh, And Ashley, you're the founder of A Squared Online and your team helps lifestyle-driven entrepreneurs take back their freedom through powerful systems and effective delegation. Ooh, that's interesting. We need to dig into that a little bit more. As your clients conquer the freelancer to CEO transition, they often can experience real momentum uh, and confidently channel their energy into things that matter most to them. Uh, Ashley, you're the author of Eureka Results, which is the subheading of how entrepreneurs can turn their best ideas into reality, uh, which will be published by New Degree Press in April. So we've got an exclusive here. We need to make sure we get this out. Pretty quickly then, don't we? April 2021. Thank you for for being a member of today's podcast and and welcome. Thank you so much, Simon. It's just a joy to be here. Now, I know when I sent the the questions out, um, normally we talk about coffee and as we were just explaining before we we started the main recording, you're drinking lemonade, I'm drinking tea, I need to keep myself hydrated. Tell us a little bit about your drink and, you know, is that a normal drink for the day? Just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, lemonade for me is a special occasion thing a little bit because uh, I try to cut down on sugar, but I wish I could drink coffee, but caffeine and I do not get along. So I can't drink even caffeinated tea anymore. Um, so I have to get creative. Lemonade right. is the treat for me. Yeah. Now, when you held that up and listeners, you can't see that here because obviously the audio, but that doesn't look like what I would call traditional lemonade. Traditional lemonade over here in the UK, we only have one type of lemonade and that's normally clear lemonade. Right. Yours isn't doesn't look clear. So it's either the glass that you're drinking it in or it's the lemonade that you have. This is raspberry lemonade. Ah, right. yeah. yeah. It's pink yep. for those of you listening. Yeah. So... I'm actually having my first go this year at growing my own raspberries. I love raspberries. Um, so I bought some canes uh, and I've put them in because unlike you, we don't have the snow in spring in, right. in Colorado. So uh, we've, we've got temperatures of about uh, 60 out there at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're, I'm getting the potatoes in, the raspberry canes are in as, as well. So when you're not drinking lemonade, Ashley, what's your favorite drink? That's a great question. It depends on the occasion. I also am quite a sucker for the good uh, homemade cocktails and um, hot chocolate and apple cider in the winter. Oh, that sounds nice. So lots of good, good options out there for non-caffeine drinkers like me. (laughs) So So when you say, when you say cocktails, uh, I I did a webinar with American Express. I was a guest on a, on a webinar, uh, just an attendee. And I was amazed. They sent every person who was on the webinar, a cocktail in the post, in the mail. 
That is so fun. So we all sat there with these alcoholic cocktails watching somebody <laughs> talk about American Express and their partnership with Google Ads. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. And the more we drank, the more fun it became. But So what, <laughs> what what's your favourite cocktail? Uh, my favourite is called a Pink Lady. It's a gin-based cocktail with cream, grenadine, and one more ingredient I can't remember. Um but for some reason, I love gin-based cocktails. It kind of adds that smokiness or something yeah, to it. Yeah. You so, see, bef- yeah. before I uh, hooked up with the whole Mike Michalowicz thing and um, his team, Jenna in particular, um, I've always been a whiskey drinker, but they've mm-hmm. managed to get me more onto the bourbons now. So, uh, yeah, yes. so, I, so I love some bourbon cocktails, you know, Manhattan or something like that. That that does it for me. So uh, fashions. Can't beat those. But so we're well. alcohol free today, so that's good. So no, we won't have so much giggling as we did on the Mercury Express. It was such a shame at the end; it just went downhill very quickly. <laughs> so, so thinking about the business questions of this podcast, what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've fixed on, or that you've worked in your own business in your business of mm-hmm. A squared? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um... As a system strategist, I'm very comfortable with the world of organizing things and operations. And my biggest challenge has always been marketing, Uh, getting people excited, inspiring them, motivating them with our message, those sorts of things. And so uh, my core vital need for quite a while has been prospect attraction, bringing people in, helping them know who we are, what we stand for, what we're on a mission to do. Um, And just in the last few months, I've really settled on exactly how we want to do that, how we want to show up, how we want to build relationships with people. Okay. And that's been an open question for a long time. So it feels really good to know this is our strategy. We feel really confident in this. And now it's just a matter of building our team to be able to get the volume that we need. And I'm sure for many of the people listening to this, you know, this is something that is not unique to you, is it? You know, I struggle with it. You know, I've been on this black belt intensive with with Tacky Moore for the last three days. And out of all the the other coaches on that, prospect attraction was by far, far the highest thing out there. Getting that message right, getting that story right, getting the hook to get them on. What have you done differently? What what resource have you accessed? What's What's been that shift that's enabled you to get on top of this in the last couple of months? Yeah, so I think it was a couple of things. And one of them was a gift that I did not want in that I last fall um, purchased a very expensive coaching program around marketing. And there were a lot of helpful things that came from that, uh, really learning how to use um, organic marketing in a way that isn't salesy, pushy, um, those sorts of things. Um, so all of that was really helpful, uh, but it, it was probably not the wisest choice for me at the time to have signed up for that program. Okay. So the biggest, I think, gift that came out of that in some ways was to really get it into my head for ever and always that there isn't a silver bullet anywhere, that there's no coaching program out there or guru with a secret that's going to just click everything into place where all of a sudden it will be easy and I'll make a million dollars overnight, right? Yeah. I think I needed to learn, you know, there's incredibly, you know, wise people with a ton of experience out there teaching marketing and I can learn from that. But at the end of the day, so much of it is consistency and showing up and being willing to do the work and put myself out there and get rejected and all of those things that 
I think I was kind of subtly or even subconsciously hoping to avoid, like maybe I find the answer that doesn't make this hard. Um, and I had to learn that that answer does not exist. But I have to be willing to do the hard work of building relationships with people who may reject me or getting visible yeah. enough that I might start getting, you know, haters on my social yeah, media, yeah. You know, those sorts of things. Um, and being willing to strap in for the marathon that is marketing. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one thing to take a look at and listeners, you too, as well. If you go on Google, go on YouTube, and if you search for, uh, I think, I'm trying to think of the artist's name. Is it Snoop Dogg? The rapper mm -hmm. thing? Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If you search for the title, search for his name and then search, I want to thank me or I want to thank me to use Americanism of it, you know. Um, <laughs> Facebook always converts my script to that, so I must have a bit of a twang when I say uh, want to. But uh, but if you search for that, because he he says exactly that, you know, I want to thank myself for all the hard work. I want to thank myself for the resilience. And I think we do, but you're giving us an important point there that we do have to appreciate there is no magic wand. Is and I've met plenty of clients who expected me to wave the wand and the whole business would right. be transformed. That right. doesn't happen, does it? You know, it's got to be right. hard work. It's got to be resilience. Not not forever, mm -hmm. but we should thank ourselves, shouldn't we? We should say thank you for, and well done to ourselves. Right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how's it been for you since you've, uh, and I know it might be too early to, to tell and perhaps share the results, but what has it been like since you've had this um, work done on prospect attraction and you know, move, moved on from where you were to where you are now? Yeah, I think the biggest benefit that I'm already seeing is the ability to focus, right? So mm. um, I'm receiving so many marketing messages on a daily basis as well as every business owner is. And it's been really helpful to say, nope, I know exactly how we're doing this. I know what needs to happen to make that happen. So that's not what I need right now. Maybe next year, maybe in the future, you know, it's a useful program or that sort of thing, but this is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so focus has been really helpful being able to really narrow in and say, okay, we're going to show up in this way. These are the metrics we're tracking this, you know, this is how we're reaching out to people. This is how we're inviting them in. Um, so that's been really helpful. We've also, um, so we launched a group program and as part of that, we have client calls yeah. uh, for training and that sort of thing every other week. And what we're doing is we're inviting people in our orbit to come join as a guest for those calls. Um, which has been a really helpful way for people, even friends and networking connections who are just curious what we're up to, to really get a, an opportunity to be a fly on the wall, right? And yeah, yeah. that has worked so well for us, um, both for adding extra value for our clients who are now getting these trainings, but also um, building relationships in a really genuine way with people who are joining us for those calls. So yeah. um, I've found that really helpful to start seeing wow, this is, this is working, you know, this is, <laughs> this is something that just, it feels yeah, good to us. It feels like yeah. the right system. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think you know, I'm the world's worst magpie uh, of getting attracted <laughs> to shiny things. Mm. Uh, yeah. And anytime I'm on a webinar, I've learned now to keep my, my wallet downstairs with my American Express card well out of the way because, you know, I'll <laughs> sign up for the program that, you know, feels very shiny, very new. And it's interesting what you say there about that focus and knowing it's what we say no to even more important than what we say yes to, isn't it? And you know, I, I really do appreciate that focus that you've got there. So I've got, I've got to ask a question because the, the final bit you said there was about 
seeing what works. Mm-hmm. And as I read your bio, I mentioned that you're the author of Eureka Results. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the ideal time to tell the listeners what to expect in that book and mm-hmm. how it came about. Tell us a story behind that. Yeah, yeah. So I've wanted to write a book ever since I started the business. I was an English major and so the written word always has drawn me and I see the power of books as a a builder of credibility in a business. Um, So I started the process last June really with a different idea of what the book was going to become. But through interviews and the process of writing and learning to articulate what I believed about these things, it, it became what it is now, which is in some ways a manifesto for exactly what we've been talking about of saying, okay, we have these great ideas, these eureka moments, right? Those mean something to us. They're really powerful. They give us this boost of energy, but a lot of times that energy runs out and we can be tempted by the next shiny object, right? Yes, exactly. Um, what's, What's the answer? How do we make it from eureka moment to eureka results, which is where the title comes from. Uh And, uh, in the book, I talk about, you know, we often say, all right, it's grit, it's resilience, it's hard work, and that matters too, right? But is it just those two things? Because I I know so many entrepreneurs, and you probably do too, who work really hard, you know, have every bit as much tenacity as the top 1% of the market, right? Yeah. So it's not that they're not working as hard. Um, so they have great ideas, and they're working really hard. And so is there a third piece that can help them really go the distance? Um, And that's where I make the case for the power of systems, Um, not necessarily systems in the way we often traditionally think about them as checklists and SOPs and procedure manuals, but more just thinking about a system as just how we do things, right? A system is how we do things. And so when we're intentional about that and give ourselves structure and scaffolding and frameworks in our lives where we're not having to circle back and make the same decisions multiple times and spend a lot of time trying to figure out what to do next that can work alongside our best ideas and our grit and resilience to really help us go through the real life ups and downs and false summits and and changes and iterations that is entrepreneurship where we don't arrive, right? There's no such thing as arrival in entrepreneurship. And no, 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 it's, con- it's that Kazon, isn't it? It's that ever continuing improvement. So yes. before we come to the, the tip that I'm going to ask you to share with people, uh, tell people where they can find out more about you. I know you've given me a website here. So just give the listeners your website, where they can get their hands. Can we pre-order a copy of the book? Where can we get mm-hmm. it? Can we get it in audio? Tell us all about how we can get more of Ashley. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, for me and my business, you can find us at asquaredonline.com. Uh, squared is spelled out. Um, and on there as well, we have a free resource. It's just a 30-minute audio training um, about knocking off your or knocking out your to-do list every day. How to kind of show up in the morning with a clear, tangible, actually achievable list of things to do and feel that sense of momentum. So we have that there for the book itself. Um, and you can find the book through our website as well. We'll, we'll link okay. it, but it has its own website at eurekaresultsbook.com. Great. Um, what a great I really URL. Hoping, <laughs> I was really hoping to get eurekaresults.com, but it turned out to be a gambling site or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fine. So eurekaresultsbook.com is where that lives. And you can sign up um, for updates about the book. It's coming out the last week of April, cool. uh, the week of April 26th. 
Um, we don't have pre-orders, unfortunately, because I did a kind of a pre-order campaign back in December, but um, it will be available everywhere we can get it on yep. uh, week of well, April 10th. I know that all the listeners will be able to make use of that, you know, getting things done, getting a to-do list done, because, you know, I can't think of one single person who will listen to any episode of this podcast series that won't need some help with that. And I think we all accept help with that. So definitely. So we go to a squared online.com for That's that. Right. We can find out more about the book and Eureka book results.com as well. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So Give the listeners one tip. What one thing can they take away that they can do something with from today? What do you want to share with people? Yeah, so something I thought about is something that we often share with our clients that uh, is very simple, but can be paradigm shifting around this idea of shiny object syndrome. And that idea is to split your to-do list and have an ideas list on one side and your active projects list on the other. Um, a lot of times when I really dig in with clients and look at their to-do list, it's huge, right? Because every time they get on a webinar and someone says, hey, you should start a podcast, that goes on the to-do list. And then yeah, yeah. they go to another webinar and someone says, hey, you need uh, you know, this page on your website. So that goes on the to-do list. And every idea, every project they've started lands just right there on that to-do list, right? Yep. And often when we have a new idea, we're super excited about it and want to get started right away. But what tends to happen then is your to-do list becomes very big. You have a lot of open loops, half-finished projects in there, and you don't ever win, right? I think we can sometimes get in this idea of if I just work harder, push, 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 I will someday reach the bottom of this thing, you know? Uh, But everything you knock off the list, you're adding something else right behind it, right? And so it never gets shorter. You never feel like you win. So what I recommend to people is saying, okay, on your to-do list, this is going to include taking care of your clients, you know, the, the normal day-to-day stuff of running a business and a very small number of projects that you commit to for six weeks, right? Um, usually one to two major projects, a small number of smaller projects um, and anything else, new ideas, uh, everything that didn't make the cut into that small number of projects goes on your ideas list. So it still gets written down. You're not saying no to it. You're not closing yeah, the door yeah. on it but it's not showing up in your to-do list every day, making you feel like you can't win, right? So then once you've completed the projects that are on your actual to-do list, your kind of six week projects, you can go to your ideas list and say, all right, what on this list deserves to make it onto my to-do list for the next six weeks, right? Um, And usually that gives those ideas a little bit of time to cool off too. Mm. So an idea you thought was a great idea three weeks ago, maybe you come back and realize, you know, objectively now is not the time for this, you know? It loses Um, its shine, doesn't it? Yeah. The shiny things for me, yeah, just lose their shine a little bit. Yeah. And that's a good thing because then you can look at it more objectively and say, is this the right thing for me to be focusing on? And what am I saying no to by saying yes to this thing, right? Right. Um, Because only a few things can make it on your to-do list. And even just the act of splitting those out um, will yeah, we'll give you a chance to, to win on your to-do list because all of a sudden it's yeah. much, much, much shorter. It doesn't and doesn't get longer. As you were talking there, I was reminded of a contracts manager I had in a construction business I owned some years ago and his to-do list just got so huge mm-hmm. that he just hit select all, snooze, select all, snooze. <laughs> yes. Every day, three, you know, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. half an hour, whatever he snoozed it, 
the mm. action every time because it was so enormous was mm. selector and snooze. Yep. And when you asked him if he'd done things, he then would go to bits of paper and scraps. So yeah, I think that's a great, great tip. And for me, that's mm. particularly important. I want to ask one question just to dig a little bit deeper into this, and then we'll go on to the, the sort of last drinking question. <laughs> Why six weeks? That's an interesting cycle because, mm. you know, I've, I've worked on 90 days for, for yeah. so long and mm-hmm. it does feel a long while. And, you know, and I used Vern Harnish's one page strategic plan and you know, review things mm-hmm. every 90 days. I've done for 20 plus years. Why yeah. six weeks? I'm sure listeners are intrigued. Yeah, yeah. And I borrowed the idea from Jason Freed, who's the CEO of Basecamp, which is a software tool, uh, productivity software tool, actually. Um, they do six-week planning. And ever since I learned that from them, it's made so much more sense both to me and the people I talk to about it because we are so ingrained in this quarterly planning idea. Yeah. Um, we're often discipled in annual plans broken down by quarter, but so many entrepreneurial businesses change too quickly for that. And it's a little challenging too, when you sit down to think about a quarter. So think about what you can accomplish in that period of time. It's just kind yeah. of it's pretty big, right? Um, where six weeks, it's easier for us to get a, a handle on what we can do in six weeks. And it's yeah. usually easier for us too to know, oh, three weeks from now, I have a week vacation. Probably shouldn't yeah. plan to be doing stuff that week, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we kind of know a little bit more what our life is looking like over the next six weeks. It's a little bit more tangible. And it's long enough that you can make pretty substantial progress on a major project. So for example, in writing my book, six weeks, um, I could do two rounds of revision in that six weeks, or I could do um, a major push around um, writing articles for guest posts in six weeks, right? So I could focus on a relatively substantial chunk of that major project um, without kind of this amorphous long period of time trying to figure out what I can realistically do. Um, And also without, you know, I think for people who struggle with shiny object syndrome, uh, this is especially helpful without feeling like I'm committing to only one small thing for a really long time, right? You're committing long enough to to make good progress, but not so long that your new ideas feel like they're getting kicked off forever, right? And I think for me as well, the six weeks feels comfortable because mm-hmm. if I'm going to put my shiny thing in what I call my not now box, because I do actually yeah. have a physical box where I put my ideas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave it there for too long. So if I leave it there for too long, I feel guilty and I get it out probably earlier than I should. So the six weeks right. will help me cope with that guilt of putting it in my not now box as well. Right, right. If you're writing down an idea, you know, okay, I'm going to be looking for the next six weeks worth of things. Yeah, three great. weeks now. Okay, I can wait yeah. for three. Yeah. yeah. What a great tip. Yeah. And yeah, the base camp, uh, I know there's an uphill and a downhill part of the sort of a cycle that they go in, isn't there? Is, mm-hmm. is it an even split in your view? How would you, or is it completely dependent upon the project or the task that's at hand? If you're going to do a six week cycle, would you say so much of it is, you know, working on the ideas side of it and the creation side of it. And then the last bit on the downhill of the doing part of it, how would you say that splits? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it can depend. Uh, The ideal scenario in a lot of ways is, um, and this is kind of the way the six weeks can work out as well, is to have six weeks of doing, right? And then two weeks of wrapping that up, taking a breather and planning the next one, right? And then you end up with kind of two month 
six of them in a year, right? So it kind of becomes easy to track. Take, okay. Taking a breath, then that's a great that's a great oh. tip, isn't it? Because we do get maxed out by all that working, don't we? So take a breath and cool down a little bit. Yeah, you can kind of breathe, debrief yeah. what worked, what didn't work, what do I really want to do next? And in that time, you can also maybe do some of that decision making, that planning. Okay, I yeah. want to redesign my website. How do I want to do that? You know, what does that look like to me? And to start making some of those decisions. And then when you're starting your six week cycle, you're kind of ramping straight into this is my plan. This is how I'm going to tackle it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I know the listeners will have taken away quite a lot of value from everything you've just said there. And to find out more, go to Ashley's website, asquaredonline.com and go to the uh, find more about the book, Eureka Results there, or you can go to eurekabookresults.com as well. So thank you. Yeah, actually, I encourage people to share. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's actually switched, eurekaresultsbook.com. All right. So Eureka, sorry, Eureka Results. Thank you for correcting me. Eurekaresultsbook.com. That's right. Perfect. Perfect. And of course, I should imagine we can find you on LinkedIn, connect with you on social media as well. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got it at the bottom of your email there. So, if you could have a drink in a dream location, whether it's cocktail, lemonade, whatever it is, tell us a little bit about the dream location in this final question before we close off. Yeah, yeah. I feel like after the year that we've had, we're all just dreaming of being somewhere, you know, and the one place that came to mind for me was actually the Philippines. I lived there back in 2013 for a year and um, it was a tough year for me, but I really miss that and it was a really meaningful time in my life and I've always wanted to bring back my family to introduce them to that kind of part of my story and so I think it'd be really fun to go back there and visit all the people that I know take the family with you Mm -hmm. take them with me yeah yeah sounds great great well thank you very much for giving your time and just so I get it right eurekaresultsbook.com is where they need to find out about the book Thank you very much for giving time. And I really appreciate you giving us some great tips to take away. Thank you so much, Simon. And listeners, you've had plenty to make you aware, better education. And of course, we haven't talked about coffee today, but we've talked about lemonade and cocktails, which for me is just as good as well. Uh, So thank you very much, listeners. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. (laughs)